Hi, good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you for coming today. Uh, last last week, uh, when uh, Brother Elvin approached me to uh, on the last meeting to take over the sermon uh, slot, I actually thought about it, uh, what I could preach to you, and uh, there were no specific needs that um, I could think of, and so I thought perhaps. Uh, I can share with you my thoughts on COVID because uh, it's ravaged our community for quite a while now. So if you just give me a second to bring up my slides here. Yeah? Mm. And we're done. <coughs> so. so let's talk history first. Uh, in December 2019, the world was alerted to, a, uh, to the spread of a new variant of uh, coronavirus in Wuhan, China. Right? It was only reported to the local government uh, roughly about two weeks later on December 27th. Uh, although experts began noticing uh, uh, since December 12th that uh, there's this uh, occurrence of uh, an unknown type of uh, Acute, respira uh, acute respiratory tract infection. Now, after Chinese authorities identified the virus uh, on 7 January, it was temporarily given a name, uh, 2019 Novel Coronavirus. This virus was very contagious and it spread quickly through droplets and air particles uh, containing the virus. Uh, it wasn't until 11th of February that uh, the virus was given its official name, SARS coronavirus 2. So the disease uh, was called corona, uh, in, was called COVID-19. They caused symptoms such as fever, cough, fatigue, breathing difficulties, and loss of taste and smell. And in the early days of this disease, the fatality rate uh, Crude fatality rate was about 5%, which was quite scary. Wuhan being the major transportation hub, uh, plus the Chinese New Year season around the corner, and also the initial lax response from the local government, the virus spread quickly, and by 29th January 2020, the virus has spread to all provinces of China. And this prompted the Chinese government to impose severe measures to control its spread. But by then, it was already too late. On the 25th of February, the number of cases outside China exceeded those within China for the first time. And barely a month later, on March 13, the WHO declared that Europe had become the epicenter of the pandemic. What about Malaysia? COVID hit our shores on 25th January 2020, when three Chinese nationals travelled here via Singapore. And the first confirmed Malaysian to contract COVID was reported on 4th February. In response to, uh, to this, because we previously had uh, an, uh, some, a, a few uh, interactions with past pandemics and all that, our experience, the government is already prepared. So they quickly devised guidelines for COVID management and they established screening centers all around the country. In the early days of COVID in Malaysia, the number of cases grew slowly until March 2020, when a religious event took place at Sri Petaling and KL. 
And this led to an exponential rise in cases. And a few weeks after the event in Malaysia, uh, recorded the highest number of positive cases in Southeast Asia. So, on 16 March 2020, the Prime Minister then announced a Movement Control Order, or MCO, uh, that would commence uh, on 18th of March. People were required to stay at home, they were required to distance themselves socially, and travelling to other states was prohibited. Only one person was allowed out uh, of the house to buy essential goods. Uh, other um, uh, restrictions that were imposed, uh, such as educational institutions, uh, kindergartens to universities were all ordered closed. Government private premises, except those that were deemed essential services, were also ordered to close. And the borders were also closed. So no tourists, foreign visitors were allowed into the country. And to top it off, all houses of worship were not allowed to operate. And that forced us to bring our services fully online on the 22nd of March uh, 2020. So basically, what happened was, after the exponential rise in cases, the country went into panic mode. Right? Everybody was scanned and the situation seemed hopeless. To make matters worse, the media was also constantly harping on uh, the number of cases daily. Every time the numbers went up, it was like the world was coming to an end. Not only that, the information was also heavily one-sided. Right? For example, the media talked about the benefits of government control, the benefits of vaccine without really paying attention to the downsides of either one. We were told that you know, authoritarian rule was necessary in emergency times. That is, keep us safe. That's what we were told. We were told that vaccines were safe. And any information against vaccines, like the adverse effects, were heavily censored. And those who dared to speak up against authorities were arbitrarily branded as anti-vaxxers or science deniers. And these derogatory terms were actually meant to discredit and destroy those who opposed the government, right? the official narrative. The MCO was supposed to be for two weeks only, but subsequently it was extended three times until 3rd of May 2020. But by then, many people were already out of jobs. Businesses, especially uh, SMEs, they were struggling to survive and many were on the verge of collapse. Those on the lower economic strata were hit the hardest as they were exhausted. They have already exhausted whatever little that they have left. Suicide was on the rise as people could no longer cope mentally with the economic impact of the MCO and the stress of isolation. By the end of 2020, 631 people took their lives in Malaysia. That's compared to 471 people who died because of COVID. Now, the government did not completely revoke the MCO after the 3rd of May uh, 2020. They implemented what is called the CMCO, Conditional MCO and the Recovery MCO. Uh, and progressively, they relaxed restriction placed during the original MCO. This was intended to safely uh, bring the country out of the pandemic. But on 1st of June 2021, our country went into a total lockdown again, right? For one month, as cases increased again. Now, needless to say, the impact on society has been bad. 
many were struggling as uh, you know businesses shuttered companies downsized families were on apart since the first mco because the borders uh, were never reopened after the mco people who travel to neighboring countries to work they could not return because once they did they were not allowed to go out again they left behind their families in malaysia uh, and for two years these people they could only speak to them uh, to their to their families they could only watch their kids grow up via video calls some of them watched their loved ones buried uh, online right my own parents went to perth to visit my elder brother there and they didn't come back until uh, recently two years have passed since the emergence of the virus we now know more about this disease as more data is released we begin to realize that it is not the end of the world as what we were told in the early days and even as more countries reopen the daily reported cases uh, as well as fatality rates are easing and god willing god willing we will be able to return to normal soon so what are the lessons that we can learn from this pandemic now allow me to share with you my thoughts this morning i have four lessons to share with you and they are number one from genesis chapter 2 verse 18 we need each other we need each other number two romans chapter 7 verse 18 and 19 say uh, tells us that it is easy for us to give in to fear proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 trust in the lord with all your hearts and psalms 100 verse 5 god is good so let's look at the first lesson. We need each other. Now, in 1624, the English poet John Donne published his poem called No Man is an Island. The idea of this poem is that human beings do badly when we are isolated from others. And we need to be a part of a community to thrive. We are indeed social beings in need of interaction and human contact. Right. God said in Genesis 2.18 that it is not good for man to be alone. The last two years was a clear reminder of this. Experts told us that we could survive this pandemic by retreating into our individual silos. They call it social distancing. Now, in a bid to escape the pandemic, to stay safe, some people become so paranoid that they retreat turn their homes into fortresses and sought refuge in them. So they turn everybody away uh, except perhaps their immediate families. Right? As a result, they lost touch with their friends. They stopped talking to each other. They stopped caring about each other. They stopped sharing with each other. As the borders were closed, some breadwinners were stuck overseas. They had to communicate uh, with their families via video conferencing apps. Some of them were not there when their wives gave birth to their children. Some were, could not be there to hold the hands of their loved ones when they were on their deathbed. They could only tune in to the funeral via Skype or Zoom. And for those who died of COVID, their families were not even allowed to see them one last time before being cremated or buried. Weddings were either held online or put on hold all in the name of safety. If you have been put uh, if you have been put on quarantine or you have isolated yourselves 
for COVID, the 10 days or so that you were in isolation would probably have felt like an eternity to you, right? I'm sure you miss the company of your family members, the touch of your spouse, and even the sight of your pets. I'm sure all of us agree that the dynamics of working online is definitely different than when you are working at the office. Right? We miss the jokes, the laughter that we share with our colleagues. You know, when we are in a difficult situation, things can go quickly downhill for us without someone by our side, right? if you are alone. And I like to think that the devil is using this opportunity to make us think that everyone is against us, right? us against the world. But if we have someone that is checking up on us, who is encouraging us and helping us along the way, we will be able to cope better, won't we? And hopefully with godly advice from people around us, we will be able to make better choices. To be created in God's image means that we are all designed for social interaction, just as the triune was not one, but three. And being able to enjoy this social interaction it is a blessing indeed. But we often take our blessings for granted. That's what we usually do until you know we lose them. So treasure the people that are around you. Thank God for your friends and loved ones. Don't take your family for granted. Now, in his writings to the various churches, Paul always remembered to thank God for the brethren. He did not take them or what they did for him for granted. And sometimes we hurt the most, uh, uh, we hurt the most, the ones that we love the most. Be more forgiving and remember that as Christians, we are commanded both to forgive and to love each other. Luke chapter 17, verse, verses 3 and 4 says, Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he, says, if he sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. John chapter 13, verse 34 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. Just as we need each other individually, we also need each other in the church. You cannot operate a church alone. Some of us have skills that others don't. Others might have wisdom that we don't. And we all play a part and contribute to the collective good of the family of God. So remember that we need each other. Romans chapter 7 verses 18 and 19 says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep doing. Lesson number two, it is easy for us to give in to our flesh, to give in to fear. Right? When the virus hit us two years ago, it was very sudden, and many were caught unawares. 
doctors who were treating COVID patients didn't know how to effectively manage uh, the disease, right, as it was something new to them. The speed at which it spread and the severity of the disease caused many people to panic and to fear. If you think about it, a lot of our decisions are made based on fear, right? We fear for our kids' future, so we send them to tuition after school. We fear for our future, so we shore up treasures in case we are unable to work and provide for ourselves in the future. We fear that buying a church building would financially stress the church too much, so we refuse to buy a building. We fear that after buying the church building, the next generation who knows, might end up falling away. They might distribute the church assets among themselves. This fear, so many things, especially what is unknown, like the future, right? We don't know what's going to happen in the future. It is normal for us to fear the unknown. It is a protective mechanism that is built into us by God. Now, fear, if handled correctly, makes us more vigilant and careful. But when we are so fearful that we let it get the better of us, it becomes a problem for us. Why? Because, one, it brings out the worst in us, like violence, selfishness, and greed. When the MCO was first announced, it sent everybody into a frenzy. Everyone was scrambling to the supermarkets to buy essential items like food, water, water, uh, what else, toilet paper. And because they were afraid that, you know, after this, if they go out, they will either contract the virus or maybe they will be caught by the authorities and given a hefty fine. Right? As a result of this is a result of misinformation, right? Not enough information was given uh, when the MCO was announced. So everyone was pushing and shoving each other and they didn't care who got hurt as long as they got what they wanted. They hoarded goods and they didn't care if other people had, uh, had anything at home, whether they got to buy anything or not. Then there's profiteering, right? Some unethical people to make a fortune by excessively hiking up uh, the price of masks, gloves, uh, thermometers. Some, I would call them immoral. Some immoral people even collected used masks to be washed and resold at a discounted price. They call it promotion. Right? So, fear can become a problem because it can also lead us to mental disorders like anxiety and depression. In some cases, it might even drive a person to take his own life. You know, one of my, one of my regular patients uh, came back from Australia on the eve of MCO. You know, she was in Australia for an extended period of time and she didn't keep herself updated about what's going on here in Malaysia. So when she arrived back in Malaysia, she didn't know uh, much about the MCO, like uh, what she can do, what she cannot do. Uh, what to expect and what are the what the penalties are. She was told by her friends that nobody was allowed out after this. Uh, you know, if you go out, you'll be caught and immediately fall out to jail. That's what she was she was told. And because of this misinformation, she was already so fearful about the virus. 
what happened was she locked herself up at home for three days. She did not eat anything at all because there was no food at home. She didn't eat anything at all. Three days. Finally, she was hospitalized for severe gastritis. And later on, she was diagnosed with depression. Right? She came to my clinic. I looked at her. Something was obviously very wrong. And when I asked her, are you okay? She broke down in front of me. She broke down in front of me. It took a while before she was her normal self again. But this is what fear can do to us if you are not careful. A fear is an un understandable response, but as Christians, should we let fear rule us? Every time I tell people, you know, don't be afraid, their response is, what you crazy is it? Or, you know, they'll tell me, you expect me to put myself in harm's way and purposely get infected by COVID? No. I'm not saying that we should throw caution out of the window, right? And just do whatever we feel like doing. But we should always ask ourselves, should we let fear control us and dictate our actions? First of all, we, we know that we have a better place waiting for us if we die. John 14 verses 1 to 3. So why do we fear death so much? Yes. There's the suffering to think about, but all of us have our own troubles and we suffer in various ways, right? That's just the nature of this fallen world. Next, the Bible also tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, that we what we are experiencing now is nothing extraordinary. <clears throat> if we were to make a comparison between COVID and past pandemics, the people of old had it much worse. For example, the bubonic plague, also known as the Black Death in the 12th century, claimed the lives of an estimated 75 to 200 million people, and that's about one-third of the world's population then. In 1918, the world was hit uh, with the Spanish flu, right, and it killed 40 million souls. That's 10 times more lives lost than COVID. And the ongoing HIV-AIDS pandemic right, has thus far taken 36 million lives. But if you look at all these historical events, life goes on. Those that survive will require basic necessities such as food, clothing, shelter, and healthcare. Right? And finally, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Even when things are bad, we are able to take control of our emotions and mount a rational response. I remember in the early days of COVID, everyone was so scared, uh, even in my clinic, right? So one day, we had a patient that walked into the clinic for her regular treatment. But when she sat down, the attending doctor noticed that, you know, she had the, temp uh, the body temperature was slightly on the high side. This was before the MCO, yeah, in the early, very early days of uh, COVID. So the nurses, then the doctor asked her, uh, you know, are you, are you having a fever? She said, yes, uh, having a fever. She, right? 
So she didn't know that at that time, if you have a fever, it's better to go and get checked out first. She just came for a treatment. And, you know, the nurses that was assisting this doctor overheard the conversation and they got angry. They got angry. They told her off, why, why do you come to the clinic? You have a fever. And then they, they started scolding her and all that. And they chased her away because they were afraid that she probably had COVID. And after that, there was, uh, everyone was so scared, there was talk of shutting down the clinic for a few weeks first, right, just to see if the situation improves, it gets better. So I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I told them, you know, uh, I, I've been practicing for 15 years, right? And uh, when, I first, uh, when I was still a student, SARS came about, and then it went away. After that, MERS came and it went away. After that, we had H1N1 and then it went away. And now it's COVID, right? And I said, you know, we are here as doctors to help people who are sick and in need. And if everyone becomes like us and turn these people away, who is going to take care of them? Matthew chapter 7, verse 12 says, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. If your loved ones happened to be in need and they got turned away because the providers were scared, then you wouldn't uh, like that as well. And so, after some discussions, we decided to remain open. And we remain open throughout MCO. We have never closed our clinic. And thank God, none of us, none of our doctors have contracted COVID since then. <coughs> now today, we have the benefit of history a collection of knowledge known as science. We also have better healthcare technologies to help us cope with crisis. We cannot and we should not stop living as God intended us to just because we are scared. We must continue to provide for our families. I think we have discussed the theology of work in our previous Bible class. We must lead by example and care for the vulnerable when others are fearful. Most importantly, we also need to continue to preach the gospel, right? As the lyrics of the song goes, we are called to take his light to a world where wrong seems right. What could be too great a cause for sharing life with one who's lost? Brethren, these are dark times and people need the Lord. Let us not give in to the flesh, but be strong and courageous when we are faced with crisis. And that brings me to the next point. Right. Lesson number three, trust in the Lord with all our hearts, even when our own understanding says otherwise. In a time when we need God the most, religious freedom was taken away. Church buildings were sealed and those that defy were threatened with hefty fines, jail time. Nevertheless, Christians worldwide continue to look on the bright side. And we found ways to comply with government regulations and fulfill our duty to assemble like going online or worshipping in small groups at home. But the attack on God continued under the pretense of public safety. While churches were not allowed to assemble for worship services, in some countries, pubs remained open. LGBT parades, racist demonstrations like BLM were given the green light to go on. We put our trust in our own capabilities to fend off the virus. 
We've poured in money to research this disease, untold billions of dollars. We've invested in cutting-edge technologies to keep us safe. We've enforced draconian laws, imposed harsh penalties uh, to stop the spread of a virus. And even with all that, the initial outbreak in China became an epidemic and within months, it spread into a worldwide pandemic. And it has so far claimed the lives of more than 6 million people. Now, none of this will make sense because the response that we have is not one that is founded on sound biblical advice. And even after doing so many things, many countries experience surges or waves in the daily cases. But I'm thankful that many of us continue to hold on to our faith in God, even when our freedom to assemble and worship was taken away. We've continued to trust and believe that God will keep us safe, that He has a plan for us, even with this pandemic. So I find myself asking, why did God allow such a terrible disease to spread worldwide? And as always, this word provides us the answer. In Mark chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus said that only God is good. You know, we define good and bad with our limited minds. We look at disease and death as something that is undesirable and we conclude based on our judgment that it must be bad. But for God, good is more than just the immediate result of something or how it makes us feel, right? Even undesirable things like pain, discomfort, disease and death can be used for good, right? Jesus dying on the cross was something that was undesirable. But it was good because it completed God's plan of salvation. We can't fully understand everything that is happening, right? not with our limited minds. So why do bad things happen to us? And why must we endure hardship? The, answer, uh, the answers are not always clear, but the Bible gives us assurance that it is for the greater good. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 tells us that for we know that all things will work out for the good of those who love him. And Jeremiah 29, verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and hope. In the same way that undesirable things are not always bad, what is desirable to us, like wealth, comfort, and health, may not always be good. Why? Because it can be used by Satan to turn us away from God. Take wealth, for example. When we are successful, it is easy for us to forget about God. Right? We let our pride take over, and we think that you know, we are successful because of our own capabilities. There is also the tendency to use our wealth to shield ourselves from the harsh conditions of this fallen world. We then forget about those who are not as well to do as us. Right? Out of sight, out of mind. That's what happens. And I can't presume to know uh, God's mind, but perhaps God is using this pandemic to remind us you know, that this world is still a fallen world. It is not our home, but a temporary abode. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. 
my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Now, I can't speak for others also, but the last two years was particularly bad for me as the prolonged MCO resulted in more stress, less business, less income. You know, there are five of us working in the clinic on a usual day. And before the pandemic, usually we have about 150 patients, maybe 200 uh, on a good day. But nowadays, a good day is when you get 100 patients. Most of the days, we see about 60 to 80 patients. Some doctors, they only treat two or three patients a day. In this, situ uh, in this difficult situation, I am constantly reminded that God is the one that provides for us. And I need to trust in Him for my provisions. And you know what? Even with the reduced income, my family and I, we didn't really have any needs unmet. God has always been good to us. Right? When COVID emerged, this, uh, the doomsday peddlers, fear mongers, they sold us their gospel of hopelessness. We were so scared when the virus hit our shores. Two years ago, many people agreed with our Prime Minister that we should you know, lock down the country. It's just two weeks, they said. Two weeks. Let's all sacrifice a bit for the greater good. We should, and we did, right? But then two weeks, what happened? Two weeks became four, and four weeks became two months. And just as we thought that things were turning around after that, the Delta strain came, and then it was Lambda. And with each variant that emerged becoming more virulent, the fear mongers became bolder, and the climate of fear reached fever pitch. People were scared of leaving their homes to their own detriment, like the patient that I mentioned earlier. They were spending money on quack items that supposedly protect them from COVID. Some people, you know, they carry a bottle of disinfectant or I don't know what other antiviral concoctions around with them. And everywhere they go, they spray uh, in, in the air on the things that they, they are supposed to touch uh, and all sorts of things. And then face shield, goggles, masks, respirators, gloves, raincoats became fashionable. Everyone was wearing them right? when they go out. And then suddenly, your micron strain emerged. Initially, everyone thought it was going to be worse than lambda because of the speed uh, that it spread. But against all odds, daily infections started to decline after the initial spike and death rates plunged. Before uh, Omicron came about, we were looking at a 7-day fatality rate of about 2% in Malaysia. And after that, the 7-day fatality rate has gone down 90% to about 0.2%. Now, most countries are talking about reopening and uh, going back to pre-COVID days. A lot of restrictions have been lifted just uh, like in our country. Solomon wisely proclaimed in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, that there is a season for everything and a time for every matter under heaven. Brothers and sisters, friends, crises or bad times will not last forever. They come and then they will go away. The scripture that was read to you by Brother Kelvin earlier was taken from Jeremiah, right, in which the Lord promised that he will deliver the Jews from the Babylonians. The Jews, they suffered greatly in Babylon, and I'm sure they felt hopeless 
in Babylon as well. They were there for 70 years, right? And yet, God had a plan for the Jews, and when the time was right, He delivered them from the Babylonians. COVID is just another cycle, and we will do well to remember this the next time another crisis strikes. So even when hope is lost, trust in God that He has a plan for us and that He can deliver us. Uh, he can use uh, what we deem to be undesirable to bring about good for us. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your hearts and do not do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your parts great. And that brings me to the final lesson for this morning. God is good all the time. Right? Psalm 100 verse 5 is, For the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. For some people, <clears throat> a fast-moving and deadly virus serves to confirm their belief that there is no God. All they see are the negative things around them. In other words, they are looking at the darkness. But in, even in dark times, God's light continues to shine. And if you care to look for it, you will find it. You know, look at this picture here. A light source is much more obvious in a dark room than it is in a brightly lit room. Most of us might have lost our jobs. Our business might not be in the best condition. Some of us might still be suffering from symptoms of long COVID like fatigue, dizziness, brain fog, shortness of breath. And all this is preventing us from carrying out our usual activities. But look at the bright side. We still have our families with us. We still have our basic necessities. We are still alive. And we can eat. We can enjoy whatever it is that this world has to offer. Yes, for a while, we could not worship together. We miss the warm faces that we usually greet us every Sunday and the fellowship that we have. We couldn't have after, after worship lunch with our brethren. And singing alone or in a small group just feels different compared to when we are singing here in the auditorium, right? But we have gained knowledge and learned new skills. The pandemic forces us to go online, right? Some of us took the opportunity to learn to sing better because when we sing alone, we realize that our singing is not really that good, right? <laughs> so we took the opportunity to learn to sing better. Our prayers have improved because we prayed like we never did before during the pandemic. Right? And we have more time and opportunity to study God's Word because we don't have to spend time, waste time traveling to work and back. After work, some of us have more time to study God's Word. We learn to use streaming technology to do worship together, to teach our prospects near and far, and to organize benevolence for our members. And guess what? Now, we realize that these skills can be used to support the Lord's work like evangelism and edification to people far and near. 
The mission ministry is sending members to help at smaller congregations around Malaysia. I believe they have been to uh, Kuantan and Skudai, right? And next week, Brother Sam, right? You're going to Melaka? Yeah. Our sermons and Bible class lessons are available on YouTube and Spotify and they can be accessed by anyone worldwide. During the lockdown, people were tuning in from countries like Nepal, Indonesia, Japan, and even the United States. I know some of you are conducting one-on-one -on -one sessions uh, with prospects via Zoom and Skype, and it's still ongoing. And although uh, not yet confirmed, the Education Ministry is apparently planning to make short videos like the previous Christianity one-on-one -on -one sessions to help us improve our Bible knowledge. This all came about during the pandemic when we were in lockdown mode. Now we are using the skills that we have learned for good, for God. Right? And even in darkness, there is light. And yes, people died because of COVID. Right? The disease is more real for some of us who have lost loved ones to it. Some of you might be struggling to make sense of your loss. Still, still are. I understand the pain of losing the people that you love. My, many years ago, my grandfather passed away after uh, you know, he fell sick, was in and out of hospital for pneumonia and whatnot, and he passed away. My grandmother passed away a few years after that. Just during uh, two years ago, during the MCO, a few days after the MCO came into place, my aunt passed away because of stage 4 cancer. Now, I'm not making light of uh, these losses or what we are going through, but we lose people every day. COVID or not, death is a feature of this sin-cursed world. Any loss of life is tragic, especially if that soul has not been reconciled to God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, that it is appointed for man to die once. We can't avoid that. What we can avoid, though, is a second death that is brought about by our sins. God is good. Psalm 105. Not only does he provide for our physical needs, God also provides for our spiritual needs. God is patient. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 tells us that he does not want anyone to die without salvation. In order for someone to gain salvation, he or she must first hear the word, and we Christians are the ones entrusted to bring this message of hope peace, and reconciliation to everyone. Brothers and sisters, COVID reminds us that while God is good, millions are dying without the gospel. Quickly, they'll reach eternity's night. So let us hold up God, Christ, the true light. Friends, if you're not a Christian, would you consider giving your life to Christ? When you accept the gospel call and become a Christian, you become part of a family that is ready to welcome you as your own. Family means you are not alone. Family means that we will be with you through your most difficult times. Family means God is our loving Father and He supplies His children with strength and wisdom to overcome our fears. God is faithful to keep His promises. 
So almost 30 years ago, I heard the gospel and I was baptized for the remission of my sins. And I've not looked back since. God has been good to me. And he has been with me through my darkest time. God wants to be with you too, friends. And he wants to help you. Why not choose salvation today? And if you want to be saved, make your intentions known to us, even as we stand, we sing the hymn of invitation.